Harrison Panos Katsimikas with yet another very relevant and poignant song pertaining to elections and to politics. Syndrome de Stockholmis, Stockholm Syndrome, was the title of that track, one which I believe is quite appropriate as we begin our analysis of the latest election results from Greece, the elections for the European Parliament, and also for the local and regional races which took place over the past two Sundays in Greece. Before we get into our analysis, let's take a moment to recap the results. In the European parliamentary elections, which took place this past Sunday, the supposedly left-wing Syriza political party emerged as the frontrunner, earning just over 26.5% of the nationwide vote, while the majority partner in Greece's current coalition government, a party that in my opinion should be considered far-right, Nea Demokratia, or New Democracy, finished second, astonishingly earning over 1 million votes nationwide and over 22.7% of the vote finishing just shy of four points behind Syriza. In third place is the far-right Golden Dawn Party with 9.4%. Eya, which is the former so-called Socialist Party PASOK under a different and new name, finished fourth with just over 8%. A new political party that is entirely a creation of the corrupt Greek mainstream media, Topotami, emerged in fifth place with 6.6% of the vote. Greece's Communist Party followed with almost almost 6.1% of the vote, and they were followed by the independent Greeks with 3.46% of the vote. These are the parties which won seats in the new European Parliament, with Syriza earning 6 of Greece's 21 seats, New Democracy with 5, Golden Dawn with 3, Eya, the Communist Party, and Potami with 2 seats each, and the independent Greeks with 1 seat. Finishing outside the 3% threshold for earning a seat in the European Parliament were parties such as the far-right Laos, which a few years ago was part of a previous unpopular pro-austerity coalition government in Greece. They rebounded to 2.7% but finished just shy of the 3% threshold, while parties such as EPAM and Andarsia, which we recently both featured here on the Galagos Radio and who both had high hopes for a decent turnout in the elections, Surprisingly, both finished below 1%, as well as parties such as the Eco-Greens, who actually were elected from Greece into the previous term of the European Parliament. Turning now to the local elections, Syriza's victory is not quite as apparent or as pronounced when we look at these local and regional races. Syriza's biggest victory was in the region of Attica, Attiki, which is home to the city of Athens, where Rena Duru, who recently found it appropriate to defame Greece with lies about the status of the Olympic facilities used during the 2004 Athens Olympic Games in an interview with Real Sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO. She edged out the incumbent candidate that was supported by both PASOK and New Democracy, and Syriza earned this governorship for the region of Attica. Beyond Attica, however, Syriza won only one other governorship nationwide, while its candidates for mayor lost in most major cities, including Athens and Thessaloniki, among others. Some Greek media outlets and certainly many international media outlets such as the New York Times, The Guardian, and the BBC who time and time again have proven that they are absolutely clueless about Greece, about Greek society, and about Greek politics were quick to declare Syriza the big winner of the Greek elections. And while Syriza did finish first and did accomplish history in the sense that they won an election for the first time, these declarations ignore certain facts. And perhaps the most significant fact is 
that Syriza finished with a slightly smaller percentage of the vote compared to the parliamentary elections of June 2012. They declined by about half a percentage point. The fact that Syriza, which is seen by many as the great hope for change in Greece and even for Europe, and which is viewed perhaps falsely as a radical and as an anti-establishment, anti-memorandum party, could not capitalize on two additional years of continued harsh austerity measures, continued economic depression, this should be a very, very troubling sign indeed. It should be noted here that while many, and particularly people outside of Greece, view Syriza as some sort of radical anti-Euro party, the reality is that the majority within Syriza seems to in fact be pro-Europe, seems to be in favor of Greece remaining in the Eurozone, and they even seem to be in favor of continuing some of the austerity policies which are being imposed by the current government and by the European Union and the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. For instance, members of Syriza have made statements very recently saying that they would continue the current system of taxation that has been implemented by the current government, while the leader of Syriza, Alexis Tsipras himself, left open the possibility of a future governing coalition with so-called good members of PASOK and New Democracy. And having mentioned New Democracy, we are talking about the party that has been the majority partner in the governing coalition for the past two years, the party that was elected on a platform of 18 specific promises of rejecting the austerity measures that were already being imposed in Greece, and which broke each and every one of these promises, instead imposing even harsher austerity measures over the past two years. This is a party which has been proven to have close links with Golden Dawn, a party which includes members who were part of far-right organizations in the past, a party which is currently proceeding with the complete sellout of Greece's natural resources, of Greece's pristine beaches and waterfront, a party which illegally shut down Greece's national public broadcaster in a totalitarian tour de force, a government which has brazenly remained in power despite a GDP decline of over 25%, despite unemployment reaching almost 28%, despite tens of thousands of young and educated Greeks leaving the country, despite an astonishing increase in the number of suicides in recent years, despite overseeing and legislating the total collapse of Greece's social safety net, despite numerous scandals which rocked the foundations of the government and its very legitimacy. And not only is this government, along with its coalition partner Pasok, still there, but over one million Greeks turned out again to vote for new democracy. Perhaps they fell for the vicious blackmail and threats by Greece's brazenly pro-government media outlets who warned people that voting against the government was voting against stability and was a vote in favor of chaos and destruction. Perhaps they fell for the government's propaganda and its rhetoric of an economic success story and an emergence into the international markets, even as it has been proven that the so-called success story is a lie, that Greece's supposed primary budget surplus is the result of an accounting trick, and that for the majority of Greek people there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Perhaps these voters just fell back on entrenched old mentalities that never seemed to die, because their father and their grandfather voted for New Democracy or for PASOK, or because these parties even today, even while claiming to be clean and pro-European, are still promising favors and selling hope that will never come to thousands of desperate, clueless, and ignorant people who then run off like sheep to vote for these parties, and who despite being disappointed time and time again, never seem to wise up and never seem to stop voting for these criminals. A few moments ago, I played a song titled Syndromo di Stoccolmis, which translates as 
Stockholm Syndrome. And unfortunately, there are times where I believe that the Greek populace, or at least a significant percentage of the population, is suffering from a nationwide form of Stockholm Syndrome. Perhaps that best explains why PASOK, the party which was in power for most of the past 40 years since the fall of the US-sponsored military government, and a party which oversaw most of the corruption and Greece's false and illegitimate entry under the control of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, was still able to surpass 8% of the vote in these past European elections. And while this may be a record low for EIA or PASOK, it most likely surpassed even the expectations of PASOK itself. Indeed, when one looks at some of the candidates that earned the most votes and who will likely receive a seat in the European Parliament, we see names such as Pandelis Kapsis, who is the government minister who oversaw the illegal shutdown of ERT, Greece's national public broadcaster. We see names like Theodoros Zagorakis, a former soccer superstar who has zero political experience but who has quite the name recognition in Greece and who seemed to be elected based entirely on those merits. This is yet another indicator of the power of the media and celebrity in determining election outcomes, but perhaps the clearest indication of this is the emergence of a political party by the name of Dopotami, or the River, a party which has no discernible political ideology or platform, which did not even exist a few months ago, but which was founded by former superstar journalist Stavros Theodorakis, a man with no political experience, but who has plenty of experience working for Greece's most prominent and most corrupt media outlets and media moguls, and plenty of connections with the government. These media moguls returned the favor by providing his party with an extraordinary amount of airtime on television and radio, and an extraordinary amount of column space in the newspapers. And this happened while many other new and upstart political parties and movements, parties on both the left and the right, which express a clear and discernible political platform, struggled to get even a soundbite of theirs heard on any of these corrupt major media outlets. So therefore, it should be no surprise that with all of this free advertising and promotion, Potami was able to garner 6.6% of the vote in the European elections. In the meantime, parties which have remained unwavering in their respective ideologies suffered. The Independent Greeks, a populist right party, which earned 10% of the vote in the May 2012 parliamentary elections, earned just 3.4% in these past Sunday's elections, and just one seat in the European Parliament. Other smaller parties, such as Epam and Andaresia and several others, did not earn even 1% of the vote in the European parliamentary elections, despite having hopes for a much better performance. Unfortunately, there is a lot of fear in Greek society and a lot of ignorance. And yes, that could be said of a lot of societies, a lot of countries, and I'm not just picking on Greece. But in Greece, there's often this mentality that Greeks know better, that they are clever, that they don't allow themselves to get fooled easily. And yet it seems that a large percentage of voters consciously chooses to be fooled and to be tricked and to be indeed terrorized again and again and again. There is fear, fear of supposedly leaving Europe, fear that if the status quo doesn't remain in power as bad as things may be, the disaster will strike. Fear of not voting for the politicians who have promised favors, who have promised jobs, who have promised all sorts of things that they will never ever deliver upon, especially now. There is still hope that the good times that everyone got used to will come back, and there is fear that people will lose their little luxuries that they have supposedly attained while being a part of the so-called European dream and part of the Eurozone, forgetting that quality of life in Greece was quite good prior to the Euro, and surely better than it is today, and forgetting that some of these luxuries were purchased with 
with debt, with empty money, and with a promise of prosperity that now seems laughable. In the meantime, these parties and the current government are preparing to sell off some of Greece's most pristine and beautiful beaches for rapid tourist development and the construction of vacation villas for the wealthy, and they have recently given a green light to the destruction of Syria's chemical weapons in the Mediterranean Sea off of the coast of Crete, assuring everyone that this will be safe and without risk, but also going ahead with the implementation of a ban on all fishing in that region of the Mediterranean for the next two months. And of course, the Greek media have been completely silent about this. The supposedly objective and reputable international media have also been silent, and people, like the good sheep that they are, went out and voted for these parties once again. If we combine the percentage of new democracy in PASOK in the European elections, we are talking about over 30% of the vote. If we add Topotami, which is quite favorable toward the two ruling parties, we reach almost 37% of the vote. If we add to that the former governing coalition partners, the Mar and Laos, we reach almost 42% of the votes. 42% today, five years into the worst economic depression that the developed world has seen since the Great Depression itself. In my opinion, insanity doesn't even begin to explain it. It's national suicide. Let me address one additional point. Many commentators, especially on the left in Greece, and also to a huge extent in the international media, have expressed deep and shocking concern over the rise in popularity of the far-right Golden Dawn political party in Greece. And indeed, if there is any protest movement left in Greece, it seems to be directed almost exclusively toward Golden Dawn, instead of toward the government which is actually in power, which is often in cahoots with Golden Dawn whenever it's convenient for them, and whose policies have had their own destructive, murderous, and poisonous impact on Greek society and the Greek economy. Furthermore, what we saw in the European parliamentary elections this past Sunday, when looking beyond Greece's borders, is the huge rise of the far right in the supposedly civilized Western European countries, in France, in Holland, in the United Kingdom, and in much of Europe, which turned decidedly toward the right. In fact, Golden Dawn, as we mentioned in our earlier interview with them, received one of the lowest percentages of any far-right party in Europe. So if fascism and a rise of the far-right are a problem, the biggest problem is in the very same countries that have often been so hard and so critical on Greece for its supposed racism, for the way that it treats immigrants, ignoring that it is European Union policy, the Dublin II Treaty, that is forcing Greece to deal with anywhere between one and two million undocumented immigrants, most of whom have had and have no intention of staying in Greece, but who are stuck in a legal no-man's land, and who, if they travel to another European country and are caught, are sent back to their country of entry into the EU, which quite often is Greece, due to its geography. These same self-righteous commentators ignore the fact that the far-right parties have, in recent years, governed or co-governed in countries like Austria and Italy. They also ignore the race riots of the recent years in London and in Paris and in other places. They ignore racist citizenship laws that do not allow birthright citizenship for the children of immigrants in many European countries, including Germany, and yet they criticize Greece. If this is not a double standard, I don't know what is. And no, this is not a defense of Golden Dawn, but it is a dose of reality, and it is a very inconvenient reality for many.